Oh, hello. Welcome to Rom-Com Tom, another episode of the Relationship Podcast where nothing's at stake because I have no idea what I'm talking about. I have a very lovely guest today who is adorned in the most beautiful glasses I've ever seen and a cheetah sweater to boot. Uh, she is an actress, a writer, a producer, and uh, she's she's been married for two and a half years, so she has some sort of knowledge in this arena. But uh, uh-huh. Emily Walker is my guest today. Hello. Yay! Hi, Yay. Tom! Oh, my, my dear, I'm so happy to see you. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute. I feel like I've been in Los Angeles for 37 years, approximately. Right. So mm-hmm. <laughs> about that. How um, long has it actually been? It has been, when did I move here? I moved here in 2015. That's Almost eight like, years. It'll be eight years this fall. And what do we think of LA? What do we think of living in LA, especially for eight years? <laughs> no, I know. Um, I want to say, you know, the first, I hated it at first, like truly like was like, it's so bright. There's so much sunshine. I like it when it's like, oh, it gets dark at four o'clock and we're stuck inside because it's too cold to do anything. So, oh, poo. I have to like sit inside and watch TV. Like, I, oh. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, you know, I was not a cow and I'm not like outdoorsy. I'm not like, uh, I'm not like, I'm here for the hiking and the surfing and the beach. No. Like, I'm not that girl either. Same. Um, we'll say I love Los Angeles now. Okay. What, what, what was the switch? What made the switch? I think, you know, like, uh, what is it called? Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> guess we're, I guess we're in a relationship. Cause I've been, I keep like not wanting to like, realize how long I've been here and then I'm like oh I've been here a long time and I'm still here so like like I must enjoy it but it's also not like you're not doing anything if I can just rattle off some some credentials if you don't mind please so the one of the first credentials that you have on IMDb I don't know if you remember but it is a shared credit that you and I have oh Um, wow that is for Behind Yankee Candle with Drew Anderson and Isla Scott, where we were uh-huh. employees at a Yankee Candle shop. Yes, I remember this well. We got an IMDb credit for that. Yeah, I know. And uh, and it's gotten me everywhere, that I one mean, credit. I see, all, I see all of those Yankee Candles behind you on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, she's also been on Teachers, which was created, produced, written, everything by a Chicago improv group, the Lady Dids, uh, the Lady Dids, the Katie Dids. AKA the Lady Dids. AKA, I mean, Missed Opportunity. You were on yeah. Curb Your Enthusiasm. True. Yep. I got to improvise with Larry David. We will get back to that. You were <laughs> on Love on Netflix with yes. Gillian Anderson who yes. is one of my queens. Yeah, she's a sweetie. Very nice. We will get back to that. And then also <laughs> writing and acting in Chicago Party Ant, which yeah. is another Chicago produced thing. I know. Thank, I mean, Chicago is really saving my ass out here. I mean, amen. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk, I'm going to talk for uh, Chicago Party Ant and then work yeah. our way back. Okay, so, fabulous. So Chris Witaski is... Is he show running? Is he producing, writing? What is he doing? He was, uh, he EP'd and then was like a creator. Um, gotcha. But he brought on like a production company and other people to kind of help produce since this was kind of his first 
foray, but it was based off of a Twitter character and a Twitter feed that he curated <clears throat> called mm-hmm. Chicago Party Ant. And so that's kind of where the he he had the initial concept, but then you know turning it into a TV show is <sighs> added a lot more people. <laughs> and is it the same animation team as Big Mouth? It looks the same. Yeah, it's the same company called uh, Titmouse. So we used to this, and also our room started like December of 2019. So we were like in a room for like two days, <laughs> and then like another COVID. But we did get a little bit of like working. So we did get to do like table reads at like Titmouse, and there was just like all this Big Mouth stuff, and it was just like very cool. I, I Big Mouth is I, I love that show. It, yeah. It, it I feel like with some animated comedies geared towards adults, they can stall or plateau with each season, but it is yeah. getting better. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's like, it just keeps getting better and better. And it's just like funny too. It's just like no bullshit, just like funny writing, funny jokes, funny premises. And the, the theme song. And Chicago Party Ant has been given a second season, right? Well, I don't know. We, we initially we got signed on to write 16 episodes ah. and so we wrote all of those at once but then they split it up into like a part one and a part two oh. so technically we wrote two seasons but we wrote them all it wasn't like we were together and then we took a break and then we came back like we wrote them all within like seven months so is that wow okay seven months what was that like being in a writer room a writer's room remote for COVID that doesn't happen oh my right? I mean I think yeah I mean I, I think we were lucky because we did get like two months three and a half months kind of together so we could at least like there was some familiarity a little bit so okay. that it wasn't super awkward or weird but I have been in situations where it's just like now you're in a, you all are just like in a <laughs> virtual space and you don't know each other um <laughs> so it's just different like there's no like those like side conversations that you have with people are like, you know, like, oh, I'm getting coffee, you're getting coffee, like kind of right. conversations that you would have don't really happen. And I just find Zoom writer room like so it's exhausting. Like after six hours, I was like drained, like couldn't yeah. like I don't know what because you were just like so focused for so long. Yes. And how long are the days when you're writing in a writer's room? Like that? I mean, luckily we they this is like what everyone says about writer um, showrunners is like you want a showrunner who likes his family and likes his wife um, <laughs> because <laughs> if he does then you will leave it like normal like five like you're doing oh. like, a, like a 10 to 6 or a 9 to 5 like it's a very and if he wants to stay all night then and he doesn't want to go home to his family and he hates his life then you will be there till 9 p.m every night that is that that makes sense it makes sense <laughs> so, um hopefully your writer your showrunners liked his life um, yeah i think our showrunner liked his wife so we okay. were good that's good and who do you play on chicago party or have you well i played it i was just a couple small roles but this there, there's one episode at a a chicago bears tailgate like at soldier field and there's like a rival family like rival um cookouts at the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the pregame or whatever it's called i know so much about sports Same. and so i'm playing one of the sisters who um they have this rivalry with yes. um because they're, they're trying to get their spot their tailgate spot 
All right. Well, we'll we'll petition for a spinoff immediately. I think, thank God, because I've had so many people come up to me <laughs> asking Just where she went. Where's yeah. the where's the spinoff? Where's the Yankee yeah. Candle spinoff? It's it's a lot exactly. of demand for you. Yeah. I mean, they could all live in the same world. So we're all about world building right now in cinema. So <laughs> you never know. Exactly. Up next, I want to talk about love on Netflix because yes, Gillian Anderson, I truly do love. I've seen everything she's been in. Britta yes. on Community was my favorite, but yes. love, we got to see a different side of her. Yeah, yeah. She was really lovely. Again, I was only doing like a little guest star. Um, Just a little but... guest star on a Netflix show. <laughs> Not a big deal. <laughs> but it was fun because the characters in like sex addict support group or like a love addict support group. And so I was like one of the women who was in this support group. And I was like in love with my like 85 year old boss. <laughs> <laughs> and was like really like found him very irresistible. And um, so, wonderful. you know, my story of my life. Story of your life. I, was, I remember talking to Blair Beacon, uh, you know, a mutual friend as well, who I was like, oh my God, you were on Dead to Me. And she was like, oh, it wasn't a big deal. And I was like, you stood with Christina Applegate for hours and hours and hours. It's a very yes. big deal. And she got to come back multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she, with that one, she got like cut out a lot. So I think in your mind, you're like, well, what's the point? But it's still like, I think it's, again, like valuing the experience rather than like the outcome yeah. of the experience. Well, so that is actually a very good point that you come on because a big part of what I'm trying to do here and just in life is with any sort of circumstance that comes up, whether it's good or bad, I have sort of gotten into this habit of like, there must be a lesson here because I, I simply cannot have had this bad experience weighing on me forever. Yeah. Um, like, you know, there's a time I got dumped in the middle of Cubs traffic and had to sit for an hour in the car with the guy who dumped me, but because we couldn't move through <laughs> traffic and Oh he my just God. continued talking about why he was dumping me for an hour. And oh I was like, my God. that can't have happened without there being some lessons. So I guess I sort of put that in the same bucket of like, yeah, you got cut out, but what, it, what kind of good stuff maybe came from that? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think totally 100%. I think, yeah, I saw like an Oprah quote where she's like, everything that you experience is either um, like there to teach you something or there to like, put you on the path of where you're going you know what I yeah. mean so mm -hmm. like if you just look at everything as like oh this is just shifting me and moving me in the space that I'm supposed to go and then everything technically is a positive experience yeah right? I, I think it can be yeah absolutely I think that yeah I think that that's a really good way to look at it but there's also times where it's like there's been bad shit and I let myself wallow but then do you do that do you allow a wallow period or is it like I feel it for as long as I feel it Oh, no, I give myself a, a little bit of time and then you kind of like, <laughs> yeah, like a, any good Southern woman, you know, um, I, I'm <laughs> I let my emotion out and then we never speak about it ever again. Thank you. Same, same. <laughs> yeah. With that same situation, I had um, I had rented the Iron Lady for he and I to watch the Meryl Streep movie about <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. That rom-com. Yeah, yeah, that 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 warm, fuzzy <laughs> movie. So after I got out, I like walked in the rain to, and I was house sitting. So I didn't have a change of clothes. And I was laying in this bed of this house sitter and started watching the iron lady. And I was like, I have, I'm so mad about this and I'm feeling it so much that I have until the end of this movie. And then I too <gasps> must, 
must be an iron lady and walk out. Uh, <laughs> it didn't quite work out that way, but it was the goal. <laughs> I, I too am iron lady. So Gillian, talk to me about your experience with her. Yes. And tell me everything. Very sweet. Very nice. Um, well, I had luxuries. My friend Chris, who created Chicago Party Ant, was also, he was a character on Love. Oh, that's right. Uh, as well. And so he had been filming already. So I at least got to like name drop my friend of like, I'm a normal, I'm a normal human. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a nice yeah, person. No uh, you know. Uh, and she was like, oh my God, yes. And so I think that helped. But yeah, she was very sweet. But also, you know, like, I, I think that's the thing, too, that I mean, of the, you know, handful of times I've been on set with like somebody who's like higher status than me. I feel like I always want like uh, that connection or that like moment where I'm like, I feel so special and seen by this person. And then you're like, no, they're at work. Like, this is literally yeah. like yeah. a job for them. Or they're like, I have to actually like learn these lines because I shot for 12 hours yesterday and so i'm just you know what i mean yeah. but like out of me i'm like i'm walking on for like my day and i'm like wow <laughs> what's your name nyc <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's yeah. and jacobs i was saying anderson it's jacobs i, Gillian jacobs. I know i knew i i didn't catch it both are queens how dare Both you gillian anderson and gillian jacobs are queens i knew i knew i was assuming i knew who you're speaking of was the girl from okay but so yeah, gillian anderson also is from uh x-files right yes ma'am and fellow redhead okay yeah did gillian talk to you all about her journey into becoming a brunette because I, I feel like it was probably a lot to talk about no you guys didn't touch on that at all no sh no we didn't really touch down on that yeah that's pretty real but... um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so now we got to go right to Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David. What was the first time that you saw him? Was it on set? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw him on set. He's, I mean, he's an older gentleman, but that's really what I first saw was like, and it was like kind of like cold and rainy in LA. And so he was like in his like coat, like eating like celery and peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh, it's just this is just some old guy, and there's just like somebody who's just kind of like telling him what to do and pushing him around. Uh, yeah, he is 100% the character, but he was very sweet because it was with him and then JB Smoove. They both mm -hmm. I was like, I was a I was playing a meter maid typecast, uh, and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so they're getting into a car. So they both were very sweet and lovely. But yeah, it's just cool to be a part of something that that it's that big but also you get to, it's like one of the few opportunities that you get to like improvise mm -hmm. for real like there's no script at all so you're just like mm -hmm. I mean there's like the premise and they kind of tell you what's supposed to happen but beyond that there's no like lines that we're like doing with each other that's set like it's wow was that scary very scary. Yeah, because I mean, also, I, I should probably say for context that you are a fantastic actress, improviser. Uh, right back at you, baby. Oh, thank you. I am. I'm a great actress. And yeah. um, you've trained for years and years and years. But standing in front of Larry David doing that is it's kind of like with like a camera. And also I have to like work this like ticket machine at the right time. And I have to stand a certain way. And you're just yeah. like, oh, my God. Well, it was yeah. a tour de force performance I, I watched it just <laughs> yeah I know my mom had never seen it and I like when I was home in Kentucky and I like showed her and it's literally a line um and she's like 
that's it. And I'm like, that's it. <laughs> that's it, baby. <laughs> hey, you got you get paid that's either way, right? It. Yeah, but hey, I'll take it. It it looks cool in your resume, and you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a uh, lot of uh, straight white dudes find it very cool. So, if I was well, single, that would be my. That's what I would lead with. Does your white dude find it cool? Yes, my white guy is. He's very. He probably is, gets more excited when I book things than I do. I would say we're going to get to him later. Don't you worry. I, just two more. Two more about your your credentials, if that's if if you'll allow. Is is there more? There's lots more. <laughs> so teachers, teachers was sort of a it was yeah. So it, it was it started here in Chicago with the Katie Dids. They were a local group. They miraculously they filmed a web series, got a show on TV land. Yeah, they ran for five years. Something yeah, like I want to say like a while. That is the Three dream. That is unheard. It's unheard of. Like Broad City that happened and teachers. And I think that's it. Really? Yeah. Like out of like plucked out of like improv classes to like make their web series a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. And for it to run more than right to even get made is crazy and the fact that they kept getting it got renewed for multiple seasons is is, is even more insane yeah like i i filmed the first episode of this uh by myself a few days ago and then when i I listened back 30 seconds in i was like canceled i deleted it because i I only gave myself 30 seconds they got you know it's amazing um so so who did you play on teachers um well it was like a flashback episode to like the 19 i'm gonna mess this up it was olden times, like a black and white. Ooh. And there's one of the teachers played. Um, oh my gosh, I'm gonna mix mix up their names. One of the Katies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> play. I basically like. I guess like the inside joke on this show is that she's a lesbian, or she's like the art teacher, and she's like a lesbian, but you know, never like talk comes out about it. And so I played her like roommate um, mm. who worked at this car repair shop again typecasting i i want to i want to fight for you but i just see you in all these roles <laughs> i'm a lady in uniform what can i say <laughs> was that barlow caitlin barlow yes barlow i didn't want to misspeak so yes no no no, no I, I i lived with katie thomas for a while while they were writing all the katie did teacher stuff so they're now in, in yeah you know them yes okay and then finally homeland Oh, yes. The P.S. The Resistance. I forgot about her. Uh, she did not forget about you. <laughs> there are forums dedicated to you, Miss Thing. I know. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> I try not to look at it because it's too, it's a little like, sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, it's you better. Should not. Know yeah, you things. should not look at it, but it's nice to know that, you know. Yes, I've I've had people tell me, they're like, girl, there's been articles written about that character. And I'm like, good to know. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? Because I remember you, like, yeah. well, you were plucked to do Homeland in the middle of like the Chicago comedy scene. And we were all like, and now she's a celebrity. <laughs> yeah, I thought that too, bitch. And now like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I literally, I was, we were working on the main stage show at the time. So we were writing the show and, or it's called process. And so it's like three weeks, three months where you're just like intensely writing fart sketches uh, for America and mm-hmm. um, that hard work. And yeah, I had just gotten a manager and, and would be, I would be sent like self tapes like all the time. And so I would do them and, 
you know, you're just kind of like sending them out into obscurity. And yeah, so I got an audition for Homeland and literally got a call like a week later and they were like, oh, by the way, it shoots in South Africa and <laughs> and you have to fly there and you're, you know, and it's like multiple episodes and you're this like, yeah, it was just it like crazy. It was like, I, yeah, it was just very, it was just very surreal, the whole experience. I mean, it was so cool, but it was just very like dreamlike especially to be like in South Africa like to just the, like the last place you'd expect to be filming a show like that and and who was your scene partner Rupert Friend which is very yes. cool from where I sit yeah I had to do a sex scene with him actually I wasn't gonna say <laughs> <laughs> I mean that was the whole thing is like oh by the way you booked a part on this huge television show and oh by the way it shoots in South Africa oh and by the way it's a full sex scene as well like mm-hmm. first time being in front of a camera is also like extremely weird and vulnerable i, I mean ain't that the way though like it's <laughs> ain't that the way just like immediately being humbled like <laughs> you get to do this great amazing thing you yeah. do have to be naked by the way some woman in a trailer is gonna glue um a pussy patch over your vagina um and just roll with it just go with it I was not going to bring that up, but I do remember you telling me about that. And I was very excited to know every last detail. Yeah, they glued it onto my skin and it was just a little piece of fabric that covers up your genitalia. Your yeah. Your, your hoo-ha. Yeah. And he had a little sock on his wiener. Oh, a little sock or a medium or a big? Well, I guess decent sized sock. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, is your, it was your... I remember you said it was a sticker. I remember that's the word you used. Yeah, it's uh, basically like a thong without the sides. Oh, so okay. It's just like the middle part. And then she kind of just like used like stage glue and like glued that on to me. Oh. Do you know men, probably more gay men, have a similar underwear? It's called a C cup. Oh, and okay, it, yeah. It grabs yes. your junk and then is literally gives you a thong wedgie up the back. Okay, very similar. So that, 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 ladies and gentlemen, that is who we have here with us. <laughs> this is who we have in front of us. And, you know. Multifaceted. Multi, I mean, you have many, many IMDb credits. I have one. And that's for <laughs> a fake candle commercial. Um, <laughs> any, is there anything else you want to say about that part of, that part of your life, your career? No. Um... No, I'm just like, so I'm, you know, like we were saying, like, you know, it's all kind of like a gift and a blessing. And I think once you kind of like get out of that, like, what's next or comparing yourself or, well, they're doing this or they're doing this and Mm -hmm. just kind of like knowing that it's all kind of your own journey then. But yeah, I feel like it's, I'm very proud of what I've I've done. And so I feel like, you know, I can like, I can like stand on it and be like, yeah, I've done some cool. Sh- I've done some cool things, and I'm very proud of it. So good, yeah, you've yeah. done some really cool shit. And and again, yeah. like the Chicago comedy community is extremely <laughs> tiny. So when somebody gets plucked for anything, it's yes, you know, it's, it's a huge deal. Um, and, and a lot of times they bring people on to 
play parts, to write on it, to, you know, like, that's also a huge part of the community, too, which is nice. True. It's like, I root for you because I root for you, but I also root for you because if you sell a TV show, maybe I'll get to write on it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I'll lift you up and maybe dangle on your uh, Yeah, you can shades. maybe dangle me a little carrot or something. Yeah, just dangle a little bit. I feel like, yeah, that is certainly the Chicago comedy way. And, and I was watching your web series earlier, uh, Modern Women. Yeah. It just brought me back to that time um, <laughs> because it was early 2010s, right? 20, mm -hmm. 10, 11, 12, something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, 10, 11, 12 time. So I just watched all of it. And my favorite part was, my, there, there. so basically it's a web series and it's very short, like minute to two minute long episodes of two modern women in Chicago in 2010, 2011, 2012. The very first episode... I think that I watched, I don't know if it's the first one, but it was with you and Neil um, <laughs> sitting on your porch. You were drinking beer. Yes. The, your reaction, so we had a tattoo and it ended up being a tattoo from uh, The Fifth Element. Yes. And your reaction to it was like, God, I was excited to talk to her before, but now that I'm like seeing her face again, like <laughs> just, you're so animated in a very simple way. Like you literally just made a big frown and it was, it, it, it was everything. <laughs> well, that's, um, uh, we wrote, I wrote, we, I wrote that, that particular episode based, that was real. That was a real thing that happened to me as I went on a date with a guy and he had a fifth element, um, tattoo quote tattooed on his arm. Was it that same quote? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you also had another episode where somebody was talking about you in bed right behind you. What if that yeah. guy saw that and then art yeah. imitating life, life imitating yes. life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, most of the, and that was all about like being in your 20s and dating and, you know, that type, you know, we were basically trying to do like our, our version of Broad City at that point of like, this is Chicago Broad City. Um, yeah, but it was but, different. Yeah, most of the things about dating were like based off of um, real dating experience. Like we wrote from our lives on that. <laughs> so did you, did you write from your lives in, in the one where you were, uh, in a restaurant and some hot guys came behind you and you invaded their space and then your boobs, you mimed your boobs eating nachos. <laughs> <laughs> but I could see it happening. Tom, I, I could to... see my I could see myself doing that. Your decolletage every so often is a little, <laughs> a little hungry. I had to watch it three times. I had to go back and watch it. It was just <laughs> it is just so funny. And then they all ended up being gay. It was John Hartman. <laughs> Yeah, it's Johnny Boy. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Do you get to see him often? Oh, my Where God. I literally just saw him at the Super Bowl. Oh, really? <gasps> yeah. <laughs> I oh. see him all the time. I see him too much, actually. He is on my favorite show right now, which is Ghosts. Yes. He's on Ghosts. And then I have a friend, Ian, who's a writer on the show. And, but it shoots in Montreal. So he's been like flying back and forth all year going to Montreal. But yeah, it's such a great show. So fun. <laughs> so funny his character could not be more of a john hartman character it's perfect for him it's perfect and what yeah. an odd kooky lovely odd love story between him and um the the other confederate gentleman whose name I'm yeah remember. yeah yeah um, and punums does a couple episodes of that show too oh i know oh i know and she's coming <laughs> you gotta, on are you soon. gonna have punum? okay you need to have yeah. punum on yeah you'll I, spend an hour reading her credits 
I, yeah, that's true. That's true. The girl's on fire. <laughs> but when she was on Ghost, I was like, I've had it because she was on Special, which I really loved. Yeah. Um, she was on I Love That For You. And then yes. she's on this. And I was like, it's it's just simply not fair that you're on all of these things. I know. It, she's literally on like every good show ever. She's just good. Good. so good. Ugh, she's too talented. I know. I know. We got to take her down. <laughs> we did just touch on the Super Bowl. So I want to I want to uh, elaborate on that. But we are going to come back to the web series and just the initiative that that sort of takes because it is not easy. Yes. Yes, um, Annie. Uh, so the half, so Super Bowl, sure, whatever, but the halftime show. That's all I yes. watch. What do we think? Loved. I was obsessed loved. the whole time. Loved, 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 loved. Yeah, that's my girl. I mean, she's, Riri has done so many bangers. And speaking of that specific time period of like 2010, 2011, 2013, like that's like all of those songs were like the songs that I was dancing to. Mm-hmm. When I worked when I worked on a cruise ship, and I know you worked on a cruise ship too. <laughs> I was just going there. I was just going there. So we both worked on cruise ships for Second City, which was a, a contract gig that they allowed for some while, but they don't do it anymore. Um, I think you... they lost their contract with Norwegian Cruise Lines. Yeah, yeah, that's R.I.P. But you had done two, <laughs> right? Yeah, I did two. Yeah, two. Was that back to back? Was there some time in between? I had like nine weeks in between, nine so not weeks. really literally it was like i came home spent all of the money i'd saved up and then went uh, right back out <laughs> that is not that is the that is the that epitomizes that entire experience um, <laughs> so which shift were you on i was on the spirit and then i was on the epic uh, i was on the dirty dawn <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and it lived uh, up to its name did you guys have a 50 cent wine at the bar as well no at the crew bar no oh yeah 50 cent yeah i, I was thinking the rapper 50 cent and i was like oh. i don't remember that was he was he also contracted on your ship 50 cent <laughs> yeah yeah he was <clears throat> oh my god we had we had a couple magicians in a stand-up who wanted to join our show because he thought he could make it better come on dude yeah come on so the, with the second city bit did you do multiple shows a week? We had I had a maximum number of hours that I worked was eight a week. I worked eight hours a week. So my the first ship I did the spirit. Yeah, I think I did like five shows a week total, and they're like hour long shows, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then on the epic, we did fifteen. So I went from working eight hours a week to fifteen hours a week. You all right? Were you okay? <laughs> You doubled your workload. That's so hard. <laughs> and you were also one of like the first of our generation to do that. Like our generation coming up through comedy, weren't you? At least from my perspective. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was 24. So Ugh. I was like a baby. So it was like perfect timing for me where I'm like, oh, I have yeah. zero responsibilities and I can just go and like party. And I was lucky that my first ship, I was like with like close friends. So mm -hmm. I, you know, it, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. We, and one of the things that's really fun about that too, is that you, you do get well-known on the ship while you're there by the, the mm -hmm. crew and the guests and stuff. <clears throat> I remember our, our director said, if somebody wants to talk to you, you, you should talk to them. You should yeah, and I remember being like, I, I just want to live my life. I don't want to be, <laughs> you know. Can I have I five minutes? 
Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, I, I just, can I have a couple of minutes? And every single person that came up to me, the whole four months we were there would be like, I love Jeff Murdoch that you perform with. And <laughs> Jeff Murdoch is a fantastic comedian. I was on with him. He's fantastic. But every single person would come up to me and be like, you are so lucky to be working with Jeff. <laughs> Do you, do you know how we can have drinks with him? Did you guys have to do that sort of stuff? <laughs> like he's over there. Yeah, it was like that that dick over there. We also did P90X. So that was like a big thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was doing P90X with every day with the whole cast. Yeah, with like and like the like with like the trainer on the ship and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, I, yeah, like yeah. I don't know who I thought I was. I also don't know who I thought I was. And it, it became a thing where there was like 20 of, not 20, probably like 10 or 15 of us doing it at a time. And then I was like, this is it. This is where my life begins. I'm going to be muscular and tan. Neither of those things. No, we went back to Chicago and we were like, the sun faded <laughs> from our cheeks. Are we you slowly a- got puffy again. Yes. And here we are finally in my real body. Uh, yes. Yeah. The ship experience was really great. That leads because you also were on, you had mentioned earlier, but you were on the Second City main stage, right? Yeah. Main stage, which is a huge deal. It's literally the best job you can get in the Chicago. It's a great job. Yeah, I got to do two reviews and where you write your own material and you perform eight shows a week and you have a built-in audience every night. And it truly is just like the best like job in Chicago. Yeah. And you did yeah. it twice. You did it twice. That's <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. Time of my life. Yeah. Uh, but you're also immortalized in cartoon on the wall, which is really the most important part. Thank you. I'm so glad that cartoons have followed me all through my life. <laughs> um, it would be so funny if we went back and looked and, and for some reason you were in like a meter made outfit with, for some sketch <laughs> we'd forgotten about. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah. Okay. So we talked about halftime show, Rihanna. She's yeah. been some slack for sort of a don't give a fuck sort of attitude i also don't know how many fucks i'd give if i was pregnant if i was a pregnant yeah. billionaire doing that yeah yeah and also it's like i think it's just like a generational thing like i think it's just like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna like rihanna singing is so important to us and i feel mm-hmm. like people of our age and mm-hmm. younger probably so, and I think anybody older, it's like, yeah, you're, you're, this is not your music. This is not your person. This is mm-hmm. not, you know, yeah, you know, who like Aerosmith, like coming out, like Aerosmith, right. he's not dancing. He's standing there playing a the guitar. And you can only move that stick with strings on it around so often. Right. Um, not every, not just because <clears throat> she's a woman doesn't mean she has to be, you know, moving and grooving around the whole time. Like she's a singer. And also her uh, her Fenty makeup sales went up 833% because she and as had, they should. Her she had a compact for not even one second. Yeah. She like literally like dab, 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 and like it was gone. And even like when she looked at it, she was like, I don't really need this, but she just Genius. did it for the, yeah. Um I, I I thought it was great. Uh and she's the first person ever to announce their pregnancy. Um, yeah, I mean amazing. Bowl. This this kid has a lot to live up to. Yeah, what if his name is like Super Bowl or something? <laughs> what if his name is like football? What if it's like Pepsi halftime show? <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that that part of it. I honestly didn't watch any of the other football stuff, even though I'm from really like my home team and home is the Eagles. I'm from like Southern 
New Jersey, but. Okay. Wow. I did not know that about you. Yeah. I didn't mean to flex like that. Oh my God. I always see you as such like a Midwest boy. Intentionally, intentionally. And yeah, I I didn't know you had Delco in your veins. Yes, I do. How do you know that? Well, I went on, I just went on a deep dive because I just auditioned for some animated show that's based in like South Philly and they wanted like authentic, they said like authentic Delco accent. And I, so I like went on a deep dive and was like trying to, it's like such a hard accent to master. Yeah. Did, did you already audition? I did. I don't think I got oh, it, but um, I know. And now I know because I was like trying to find somebody who could like, give me an authentic line read if you get a call back if you get anything please let me know my mom is that that woman it's the who's like hoagies and all that in yeah and she will do double negatives to the point where it's sometimes like triple negatives and i have to explain to her like the logic of what all that is um and she's got like bangles she wears bangles and the nails and the tan and the hair and the she wears just the most ridiculous she's the worst dresser in the whole wide world so oh my god she will be your dialect coach she's retired okay assistant. good to know good to know i now i yeah. know i have that in my back pocket uh, yeah it's a good to got uh oh, okay 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 that's good to know <laughs> um, that's so i haven't heard delco in forever um okay so i want to go back to the in, in the initiative it takes to create something yes uh, so in the Chicago comedy community, it, lo- it looks like it, this was done through the Second City Network, which was kind of good, right? So we originally, on our own, wrote like um, like a pilot presentation with these two characters, and it was called Stupid Bitch Syndrome. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's on your IMDb, too. Yes. <laughs> so that's kind of we wrote like a yeah like a 10 minute kind of pilot presentation of like what so that's why that's that was the initial thing so from that video that we created on our own that we raised like like did the whole like gofundme raise money thing for mm-hmm. through because of that then second city saw that video and they were trying to start their second city network so then we pitched it as like one or two minute little episodes yeah um but they definitely did a lot with like coming up with like helping us come up with the name and they funded it all so it was just kind of like kind of a dream to be like oh it wasn't a lot of money but to have any at that point in time to have anybody giving you money and saying you know you can create whatever you want it's kind of cool and it looks cameras and yeah it looks great it looks fantastic i was looking at a similar doing research on someone else recently and was watching a a web series from around the same time that i was in and it's like you can barely see it's so fuzzy and yours your guys is crystal clear the writing is really good the acting is wonderful thank Um, you i'm very proud of it yeah it was like our first little baby yeah we you you had very kindly said before we started recording that you were happy I was sort of going on this venture and I wanted to talk to you about so I I met there's a psychic that I talk to every three years yeah do you get down with the psychic thing yeah oh yeah I've talked to a guy named Yakov who lives in somewhere (laughs) like Serbia or something on whatsapp oh good Um, yeah yeah like that type of thing right literally like, i had somebody be like oh th- i know the psychic's doing like you know 20 dollar, 15 minute sessions really quick and you can call her and i would i've done like that type of thing before where this woman's just like doing a flash sale for the day or something was she accurate at all 
Um, you know, she was fun. I liked her spirit. She was fun. She was fun. Um, so mine, um, the first time I had talked to her, she was really sweet and she was also she it was funny because she was sort of bothered by her gift. She <laughs> that's funny. What a funny like, character. <laughs> it, it really was, but she was like, Hey, how's it going? You know, they you know, she's like, they're already talking, <laughs> you know, so let's just get into it. It was all through the phone. And the first thing she said was, she's like, you have a lot of L's on your heart. Or what she actually said as I wrote it down, she said, you have a couple L's on your heart. Does that mean anything to you? I thought that was sort of an odd way of saying that. So like usually when you, well, when you hear that, what is your interpretation of that? A couple L's on your heart. I don't know, I'm thinking that as something bad. Or oh, like, like, okay. So I, I took though. it. So what she was meaning by that, that's so, I never even thought of it like that. Maybe. <laughs> that's, me, that's me being a pessimist. Well, that's what, that's my whole gimmick. Um, <laughs> I had just gotten a tattoo a week earlier of two L's over my heart from my mom and my sister. <gasps> wow. Um, so she said two L's on your heart, which I thought was such a strange, and I got chills and she was like, uh, she was like, yeah, Lindsay and Lee. Lindsay is my sister and Leah is my mom. Um, oh my God. And here's the thing. I use a Google number that's fake, that doesn't exist anywhere, a right, fake right, email right. address, and I gave her the wrong name because I thought she could Google me. <clears throat> but anyway, she started in with that. And then she started telling me different things. Like, she's like, you're going to move uh, east, but you're going to move west first, which really sounds weird, but go with it. And I thought that was so crazy. And she told me just a bunch of stuff. And basically, I did end up moving to Rhode Island right before the pandemic. And before I did that, I, I had wanted to live in this unit near me forever. And the guy who moved out, he, the, the guy who lived there moved out. And my landlord was like, you can move there if you want. It's free. Just like make the trains or whatever. So I did. And I told my friend, I was like, oh, I finally got that unit. And she goes, which direction was it? And I was like, it was west. It was one unit west. Was And I knew at that point that I was already moving to Rhode Island. So I had moved west before I moved east. Oh, my God. Crazy. So anyway, I say all this to say that I spoke to her at the beginning of last year and she said, she's like, you want to work on something? She's like, you want to work on something creative? And she's like, I don't even know if this is your thing, but like, if you want to do like a radio show or a podcast or whatever, is that like your thing? And I was like, sort of maybe. And she was like, you want to do it with other people? You can't, you have to do it with yourself. You have to do it. And she's like, you're going to be terrified of it, but you have to do it. So for a full year, I've been sitting on doing wow who knows what'll come of it but i just of course i do wait for people do you ever feel that do you feel like i need a partner oh my god yes well i think that's what drew me to like improv and sketch in the first place is that it's a group thing it's a you know it's you're you can't do it alone you have to do it with other people inherently so that for me is like um you know like i don't like st- doing the idea of doing stand-up like absolutely terrifies me and it's like why it it's like oh it's because it's just you alone mm-hmm. like with improv like we all fail together or if i'm doing a, sh- a play even we all like if it fails like sure kind of we all fail together yeah and even with like writing or out here like i just i'm so much more drawn and i'm more excited when it's another when i can bounce ideas off of a person but I think there's also something really beautiful in like trusting yourself and just taking the step and going for it too. And I think coming from a place of actual joy can only lead to like successful things. Like I think as long as you're like, I love this and I'm enjoying this and this is making me happy, then like it's, it's already like 
fulfilling its purpose, you know? I never once considered that. <laughs> <laughs> I never considered joy. <laughs> I know, it's so hard to think of these days. I really was just thinking like, I need to do something creative. I need some sort of hustle. I don't have a side hustle. You're supposed to have like your job, your side hustle and your passion project and all these things. And right. I just want to sleep. So <laughs> my passion project is sleeping. <laughs> I'm very good at it. I had never considered doing something for joy. That is wild. I think that was from, I think that's why I think, cause I, I out here doing things, I think often some of the joy got sucked out of it, like mm -hmm. with like auditioning or like, you know, just like the kind of grind of it. I found myself like, I'm gonna go do the hate this audition mm -hmm. and like catching myself and being like there's not like there was forcing me to do this this is not like like I am making this an active choice because at some point in my life this was like a huge source of joy and happiness yeah. and so like I had to like force myself to like bring the joy to it and then it just it helped me not feel so like about it all <laughs> <laughs> It, so do you think that is that sort of your like the catalyst for you to get up and do stuff is finding that joy yes. or yes oh. yeah wow. yeah wow that's something to think about <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to like I feel like I don't know I just feel, I'm so used to like having to work or having to have several yeah. things ahead of us yeah you know, not not stopping to think how I feel about it Right. Well, it's like I have, you know, like you do things that you could do for money that maybe don't necessarily have joy or you, you know, there's so many things in our world that are kind of like forced on us that don't we don't necessarily have a choice in. So like the things that I do have a choice in, I'm I would at least hope that they make me happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, something to consider, everyone. Um <laughs> because <laughs> um, that's what I was trying to get like even this year like a big goal of mine is like I really want to do like uh, a one-woman show like put together a full like one-woman yes, show yes 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 do it and and it's again it's something that I've been sitting on for a long time and I've been using COVID as an excuse or like oh there's not really audiences or blah blah blah, blah, blah. but really but then I just like started writing like dumb stuff and it was just making me so happy to like uh. write all these dumb things that I'm like, okay, yes, this is something I can like continue and see what happens and go from there. But yes, that like, isn't so. I don't care do what it brings me. I don't care if it's right. You know, I'm doing it because it's something that makes me happy. And it's something that I love and enjoy. You know, I, that is fantastic. And I hope now that we're putting it into the ether and you're saying, I know, right? <laughs> you have to do it. Um, yeah. And that's sort of what I felt like when I was email messaging folks like, hey, do you want to be on this podcast? Because it's like, now I've told people. Now I yes. have to do something. Yes. Um, I hope that you do the show. I hope that I'm invited. And I also hope yes. that you wear a red lip because nobody wears a red lip like you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm a fan of red lips it, for sure. It's it's my go-to. It is just a beautiful pop. And, you know, you're, you're with your skin tone and your hair and everything. It's a beautiful wow. uh, accoutrement. Wow. Yeah. Some people have statement necklaces like Luann de la Sepp's, like that, <laughs> that housewife. Uh, right. And or Ramona has a signature color. You know, she has Ramona blue, but. Um, oh, that's right. Or, or a signature drink, Ramona Pinot Grigio. Yes. So, Did you and I have. Drink that? I've never had the Ramona Pinot Grigio. Me either. I want it. I think I have tried the Luann 
faux rosé before, fosé. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have time to talk to Housewives this week, but... No, I know. What if I have you and Blair back together to talk about Housewives? Yeah, I think that's going to serve you best, is to have our little chatty asses talking to you about all that. Perfect. So I do have a couple of advice questions that I got off Twitter that I want your advice on. There's actually one that I answered in an episode by myself. <laughs> it was like, why would I give myself such a difficult question and not edit it out? But um, I did not give a good answer. So I want to run that by you too. But we'll give you some softballs to start. Okay. 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 Before we dive in, do you feel as though you're confident in, I mean, you, you're Sadie Sadie married lady now, but did you feel confident yes. in your dating life? Um, not really. No. I mean, up until like, I don't think I felt confident until right before I left Chicago. And that's when I met my husband. When I was just like, I was like Mm -hmm. on main stage, I was like doing my thing and like, and I kind of didn't care. Like I Mm -hmm. was, it was kind of the first time where I'm like, I'm fully content where I am now. And then I think that's what like, and I was also like, I'm leaving in three months. And then I met my future husband. So I think that's probably when it happens where they're like, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I say when you stop caring that you find someone. Okay, so first question, how do you know if a guy likes you back? I think, I mean, I feel like you can tell through, like, body language and, like, you know, if they're genuinely interested in you, like, if they ask questions about you or they seem to be, like, listening to you, then I think that's probably a good indicator that they're into you. Um. Did you ever see he's just not that into you? The mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was a line in that that that's a movie from ten years ago from a book that's from twenty years ago and right uh, like Drew Barrymore and Jennifer Goodwin a bunch of different Justin Long a bunch of different people in there. Um, but I remember that Justin Long was telling I think Jennifer Goodwin like if a guy likes you he's gonna get the next date he's not gonna yeah. he's gonna seal the deal. And that's something I took away from and and that you were sort of saying there too, is that like, if I feel like if a guy likes you, he's going to make it known. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like you're not gonna. And like, I feel like everyone that I've talked to, including myself who are in like a successful relationship will say like, usually that first meeting, that first date or whatever it is, like there is like that something where you're like, Oh, we kind of want to keep, hanging out with each other we kind of want to like I don't really want this to end like I kind of want to still like I find myself wanting to be around you kind of immediately I'm Um, feeling that I'm feeling that a little bit right now (laughs) I'm feeling that as well (laughs) Um, yeah yeah so I feel like yeah and like you know no offense to the male species but they're they're kind of like they don't they're not like game players i don't think like right up front like i feel like boys fall really hard and really fast really? kind of immediately i don't know i feel like that's just been my like that's your experience that's my experience or what i see like i think if they're like oh i've met the one then they're like goo goo gaga like immediately interesting that's it's such an interesting straight men straight men straight men that's what i was gonna say like the dichotomy between straight men and gay men because like gay men you could be having like this is the most intense experience i've ever had with another man and he leaves and goes and fucks two other people you know yes it, yes it's, yes it's, there's a lot of um uh, compartmentalization that i think a lot of gay men do but i think you are right 
that I think straight men do let it be known. I think they let it be known. Like if they're, yeah, I think they want to like let you know that they're into them right away. And if they don't, and then they, if they don't act like they're into you and then they say, no, I was into you the whole time. Then I think they're just playing a game with you Mm. anyway. Okay. So what do you, how do you um, deal internally with you like someone, they're not giving you that volley Mm -hmm. back and forth. But maybe they do, maybe they do like me. So I'll keep going. Like, how do you, how do you end it? How do you move on from that? I have no idea. Dang. I mean, I'm all, I'm just kind of a fan of like being honest and communicating and kind of like wherever you are at that moment of like, if you're like, yeah, I want a relationship. This is what I'm searching for. I'm going on dates to find a relationship. Like, I think you put that out there right away. Or, or if you're not, I think just transparency is always going to be your best option. I just, I appreciate it in others. And I try to be good, better at it myself, but yeah, interesting. Okay, but maybe that's something as I'm like older and all like my single friends now who are like getting closer to forty, I think are kind of like they're just thinking in a different way, like than mm-hmm. they were ten years ago about dating. Yeah, like, I think I mean, everyone's kind of like, yeah, do you want kids? Do you want this? Do you want this life? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're kind of at that place where you're, you can kind of cut the bullshit a little bit. I know it's great, isn't it? I mean, yes. well, you're married, so it's, but it's like, you know, I, I'll talk to somebody on like the dating apps or whatever. And they're like, Oh, I'm looking for friends. And I'm like, I, I have enough friends. I don't ever get to see them. I don't, exactly. What, what, exactly. What else you got? Right. I think knowing what you want and kind of not knowing what you want, knowing what you deserve and kind of not budging on that. I think it's just going to be helpful to you and kind of you set the boundary. So you're kind of in charge. I love that. I love that. And if someone's not on board, then this wasn't going to work out anyway. Right. Then this was not the one. It's so, it's okay. So that's so funny. So I was talking to a, a candidate of mine today and she got, she's getting to the final round of interviews and she was saying they kept asking her what her salary range was, but they weren't telling her what the salary range for her job was. She's like, well, what if I give them a range and it doesn't match up? Like, what am I going to do? And I said exactly what you said, which then this isn't the one, this isn't the job for you. She had, that had never occurred to her. She thought I need to find a way to fit into, yeah, this one thing work when it's like, no, there will be something else. Wow. Yeah. That's mapping. That's what we call mapping in the, in the comedy world. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Let's do do you, hmm. I feel like I don't know your answer to this already, but how do you feel about, (laughs) how do you feel about a girl, the girl making the first move in a heteronormative relationship? Oh yeah. Yes. All for it. All for it. 100%. I mean, if that's how you operate in other ways in your life, like if you are a go-getter, if you are an extremely motivated individual in other capacities, I don't know why you would not be that way in your dating life because that's who you're gonna be like you're and that's the thing I think I had to learn too is like from dating is like oh I want to make sure it's like a picture where I look really pretty and I want to present this or I want to like text with you for like two weeks before we meet so I can create this really like artificial version of myself exactly so and then of course when we're in front of each other yeah it doesn't work like Mm -hmm. of course because it's I've been like this like non-version of me that's very curated and all of that you know what I mean like I think because I I honestly think that the reason I I mean a I just think like Nikki Nick was the one for me but I think for me personally I just think I was 
I was just very confident in who I was. And I was just in a point in my life where I had a lot of self-confidence. And so I think that that just helped me like be my authentic self and kind of be like, this is who I am. So you're, we're either you're in or you're out, Hanny. Yeah. Well, I think you just put me out of a job because (laughs) your advice is wonderful. It's very eye-opening and you're making me think of like, I remember when I was a kid and again, this is sort of mapping, but I remember being a kid being like, I can't wait to be a grown-up, whoever he is. And as I grew up, I was like, oh, it is, it's still me. I thought at some point there would be like a Pokemon evolution where all of a sudden there was this new thing and that's not how it works. No, I still feel like a little kid sometimes too, you know, like I'm still like, I still don't, I want my mom, I cry, I'm... I lash out. I do all of these things Mm -hmm. that like, but yeah, that's just, it's just like life. Yeah. I think that was something really like my thirties definitely have been like me, like waiting for like, okay, I'm ready to be an adult now. I'm ready for Mm -hmm. the responsibilities of an adult. And it's kind of like, yeah, it'll come when it comes and you figure it out. And guess what? Most people don't know what they're doing. No one does. (laughs) No one does. And that's the thing where it's sort of like all these lights go off where it's like, I remember, yeah, just like, I remember asking my boss once who I just idolized. I thought that he could do no wrong. And I asked him a question and he gave me just the very obvious, incorrect, dumb answer. And I was like, oh, fuck. No, none of us know what we're doing. Yeah. But that again, sort of winds back around to you have to sort of take it upon yourself to to make things happen for yourself. Because I think very rarely will someone say, oh, I've got all these opportunities to take care of you. Let me do that. Um, You Uh have to sort of make those opportunities for yourself. Right. You kind of have to, I mean, I'm very much into like manifesting and all that fun stuff. And I think a big part of it is like, like putting it out there, but then like living your life as though the thing that you're wanting has happened already, you know, like. Exactly. And so that, that proactiveness of like, okay, I have to now like meet these wishes and dreams, you know, a little bit, like I, like I can put all of my hopes out there, but then I also have to like put in the thing to like have them all come together too. Oh, I love you so much. Uh, Do you listen to Bitch Sesh? Yeah. Oh, honey. One of my faves. So I have listened to it many times over. And the fact that Blair got to be on two episodes is. Well, it's on my dream board. And I keep telling her, like, I want to, this is my dream is to be on an episode of Bitch Sesh. That's, I mean, this podcast, I want to be on Bitch Sesh. I'd like to be on Less Culturistas. Maybe make it to 10 episodes. Those are like the things I'm looking for. You can do it. But I don't know if you remember, but Casey, years ago, Casey Wilson, who's one of the hosts of Bitch Sesh, which is a, a Real Housewives podcast breakdown, she, Casey went to meet with Laura Lee Kelly, I believe her name is. Mm-hmm. And and she's a healer who, I guess she like her brain has been studied by scientists because of the way that it works. And that's how it lets her connect to the other, but, but, but whatever, I don't know. But one of the thing that this Laura Lee lady says is you might, you have to ask for signs. You You can't say like, give me a sign if I'm supposed to do this. You're supposed to say like, if I'm supposed to move to Paris, let me walk out of the door and, and run into a Dalmatian. And you're supposed to be like specific with that. And if it doesn't happen, yeah. you'll just look for signs. So I started doing that literally this past year. It gives me chills when I think about it because there'll be times where I'm like, 
uh, there's a, tonight even I was about to order food uh, from Cozy Noodles and Rice, my all-time favorite oh, restaurant. So good, so good. I was just sort of thinking, I was like, I shouldn't really spend the money. I'm trying to save money. And I went to hit pay and it sort of just spun and then stopped. It just didn't process. And I was like, well, that's it. That's a sign. I'm not doing it. So I just, Uh (laughs) and just like little things like that, which aren't anything, but it's like, I shouldn't be spending money. The universe stopped it. So I'm not doing it. Yeah. I don't know. Do you do that that too? No, I love, I'm, I'm too scared to do stuff. (laughs) I'm too scared. (laughs) because not that I of my power or anything but that like something I, I, that I'll just like give up on it like something won't go my way and I'll be like well this is ridiculous this was mm-hmm. stupid mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. I'll ask a question and I'll be like no Emily you're not supposed to do this and then I'll get mad at the universe for giving me a, a direct answer well, but I know a lot of people who, who do it I think Rachel Dredge talks about it in her book too oh absolutely doing that kind of thing too yeah, that was, by the way, it's such a great book. And she was just in a Super Bowl commercial with uh, Ben Stiller. With- Good for her. And I'm, I'm always rooting for my gal, Rachel Dratch. Me too. And her titties looked fantastic. Oh, beautiful. But I think that the signs thing to me is like my version of the manifesting. Because I am also scor- scared yeah. of that. So I'll do this sign things instead because it seems easier. So it's so funny that we're sort of on the opposite of that. Yeah. All right, my dear. I have taken up too much of your evening as it is. Thank you so much. Um, This was so fun. This is an absolute blast. I would love to have you back. Uh, We'll get Blair and we'll dedicate the whole thing to Housewives because I have thoughts. What is your your favorite city? Oh, boy. I love Potomac. I love Miami right now is really great. Uh, I think I've just always been a Beverly Hills girl. I enjoy it, even though, you know, she's has her moments. Um, I mean, I, I love old school New York, but I feel like that's kind of like done it's now. Done, yeah. So it's hard. Yeah. I can't, you know, she kind of stands on her own in a different way. I know I am. I'm going to miss them. I don't know if they're still going to have the legacy thing. Right, um, I don't know about that. Yeah. Beverly Hills. I do love, I want justice for Denise Richards. I want her back. Yeah, I want Denise back for sure. Um, love Potomac. I can't do Jersey. Yeah, it's hard. I did I dip my toe in, um, but I do like Summer House. I do Vanderpump. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I'm watching. I'll watch Below Deck. I'll watch basically anything Bravo spoon feeds me. Oh God, it's it really it really is like a spoon feed situation. Because same thing, <laughs> I'm like. Let me watch some below deck and then it's like below deck adventure, below deck sailing, below deck yacht. Uh-huh. It, it, there's a lot to consume. But yes, we will definitely get that on the books for a Bravo episode. Yeah. Thank you again so much. Uh, oh my God, this was so wonderful. You've been wonderful, Emily Walker. Uh, everybody check out uh, Chicago Party Ant. And do you have anything else coming up? Your one woman show later on this year? Potentially, yeah. Keep an eye out for that. Yeah. I don't know. I just got a callback for a vitamin water commercial. So, you know, maybe I'll, maybe that'll happen. Let's manifest it. Yeah. That's some McDonald's money. That's owned by McDonald's. I will manifest that for you. I me and McDonald's are really close. Um, <laughs> well, thank you again. Uh, have a wonderful evening, everyone. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.